Okay, we're learning Lerifuas. Susan Basbiula. Susan Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, well, obviously, not obviously, but uh, hopefully you understand we're going to be doing something a little bit different than the way we've been learning the text lately. Is that um, I got the first message I saw after I woke up was, What are you saying about Ukraine? What are you saying about Russia? What are you, what am I saying? So. Uh, Everyone, it's, it's, today is all about what, what people are saying, what's the op-eds, what's the proclamations, what's the status, what's your status, you know. Um, I remember many years ago hearing a story about an old Breslover chassid who, was, who, read a news, who read the headlines of a newspaper. It was in the 1920s. He read the headlines of a newspaper that said that 15 uh, employees in a Chinese plant were killed in China by some, some kind of mistake or mushroom, takala. And this chassid started bawling. And then he started dancing. So it looked pretty odd and bizarre from people on the outside. So they asked him, what's pshat, what's going on with you? He said, well, I realized that, you know, when I first, when I first read this, we have a Kabbalah from the Baal Shem Tov, and Rabbi Nachman speaks about this all the time, that... You know, if, if you're exposed to something and you find out about something, it's because it does have an agia to you. Meaning you need to find out about it because you need to bring out more the midah of Rachmanut that is apparently lacking in the world. And therefore I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. What a horrible thing. And I started crying. So, okay, so then why did you start to dance? He says, because I started dancing that I'm actually a human being that can cry over something that's so far from me. And it brought me so much simcha that that's who I am. Not chalila over what happened, but over who I am, how I, how I respond. So in this situation, it's quite, quite different. <clears throat> Especially for our chavra, that's pretty familiar with Ukraine. I have, you know, I have a number of friends on the ground there that I, you know, I'm in contact with all the time. Um, I probably have a lot of friends that are still there that I just don't know about, that didn't leave when they could, when... Uh, the, the warnings were being sent to leave. You could see, I mean, missiles already started falling in Uman this morning also. And it's, it, it actually is as insane as, as, as uh, the reports are coming in. I just saw a video this morning of, I mean, just through the streets. There, it's crazy. It is crazy, it's and like, it's, it's the beginning. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's just the beginning. That's, that's, that's what's very hard for us to comprehend. That we can, there's nothing for us to do, obviously. There's not meaning, there's not, we're not jumping on a plane and joining the Ukrainian military, nor, nor do we even understand if we should. See, that, that's the, what's so confusing. It's not an Indian here of like, listen, the bad guys are... Human beings are, are losing their lives. That's a bad state to be in. What we remind ourselves on these trips to the Ukraine is that these Ukrainians... They really are some of the darkest people in the world. I'm going to say straight out. These Ukrainians come from a, a, a long line of severe, of bloodshed. All those, all those thousands of miles we cover whenever we're there, it's filled with Jewish blood. And these people that are so nice to us while we're there, it's, it's the dollar. There's nothing else that's going on over there. There's no Ahavas uh, Olam of, going on over there. 
Ubechosot, what happens to us is that we know bloodshed is bloodshed. No Especially when we, we, we can't even understand what, what's going on over here. This guy, that guy, Lomuvan, nothing is clear. But we do know one thing that suffering is taking place. The president of the Ukraine is Jewish. He's a Yid, yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> He's a Yid, Nahon. So was Trotsky, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> Trotsky was a Yid, also. So I, it's, you know, Stalin's number right there. So I don't under, you know, on that level of like, we have to help these people versus that. We don't understand these things. It's not even, that's not the parsha. But when one of the, you know, when one of the chief rabbis of, of Kiev just sent a message out and he said, listen, it is insane. We're, and there are a lot of elderly Jews, a lot, a lot of elderly Jews that are absolutely helpless in Kiev. All over, but definitely in Kiev. Our dear friend Yael uh, uh, Eckstein, Farkas, you know Yael? She took over her father's Rabbi Yechiel Eckstein, the, um, what's it called? The Alliance, what's it called? The IAIEF or something, whatever. She came on one of our trips with us to the Ukraine. Yael is an old friend of, of ours, and she runs the whole, uh, I have to find the name right now. Leadership? yeah. You see her face right whenever you board a plane. She's in the, you know, waving to you, huh? On the, uh, you know, when you walk in the, on that thing, down that thing. Her father, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein, was uh, the one that founded this. Uh, I'm so sorry, I forgot the name of it, but. It's Keren Leididut. Huh? It's Keren Leididut. But in English, I don't know what it's called. The, the fel- fellowship. Yeah, Mashak yeah. Azan. They're doing, they're doing amazing. They've been doing amazing work. They do amazing work. They're on the ground quite often in Ukraine. And she posted this morning also just, it's, it's when you know, like when you can put these faces in front of you and see these are people that are mamish suffering. So what do we do? Right? What, what's, what's a Jewish response to something that we can't, it's not really our milchama at all. Although they'll probably find ways that it, it is about us and it's our fault and the whole thing is our fault. They already did? I wouldn't be surprised, meaning if not, if not yet, then by tomorrow it'll be our fault. Oh, he's a, he's a Jewish prime minister. Right, so there you go. It's, if it doesn't bother us, then there's something wrong with us. Right? Not not sides, but the fact that this, when we were your kids and we, when we heard about these huge wars, it was something from back then, right? And even Israelis that grew up here, what was the last big war that happened here? No, because it wasn't, we weren't fighting. We got hit a little bit. Right. Yeah, but the, what, what happened with the world is that they, that's not considered war. That's considered, uh, what's it called? Right, right. Probably in Muhammad Yom Kippurim was the last time that we, even though I agree with you, and Kiryat Shmona, they've been living in a war, but in terms of the larger context of how a war is perceived, but Lebanon was Lebanon. I'm talking about in, in you know, right? <clears throat> but when we were no, seventy three was the last was really the last one. When we look at it in terms of how it affected the people, realizing we are under attack, not just Deirot is under attack, not just Kriyat Shmona is under attack, we are under attack. 
The last time that happened <clears throat> on a whole country, on a large, large scale, right? You could see Serbia, not clear exactly. But since World War II, there's never been such a full-fledged, it seems, the way things are going over here, this is massive. This is just the beginning. It's not going to stop now. <laughs> it's not like, well, we showed you we are inv- This has been the longest invasion I've ever heard of in my life also. It's like the longest non-invasion invasion that has been happening for weeks already. But Lemaisa, for us, so what are, what are we supposed to do? So we have to learn deeply, a bit more deeper, in terms of what does our, our own avoda have to do with Shalom al-Kol al-Olam? I don't know what else we could learn. But I definitely did not want to just go about, okay, we'll mention you, you know, Ukraine and Kiev, and then go back to, uh, and now back to your, not, you know, your regular televised program. It has to be mashu shekashul to what we're, what we're experiencing right now. So I found a little piece in Kitzur Likotei Maran from Rabbi Nachman. I was looking with Rabbi Nachman, but looking at this, looking at the, you know, with the, with the view of what's happening in the world through Rabbi Nachman. If you could pass these around, please, Esti. Thanks to Sarah Daniels, there's tea. <laughs> there was coffee, but now there's women drink tea much more than coffee, no? Tea, tea, yeah, tea is... Oh, I have more, I have more. Anyone missing? Oh, we have, we have, I'm sorry. All right, let's see how we could draw down for us something to hold on to, to give us craft to feel like we're mishtatef in the larger war. That's in the world, and that's the general war of light against darkness, of peace against war. Okay. shalom. This is from the twenty seventh teaching of Rabbi Nachman in Likutei Moran. shalom shebador, ken yecholin limshoch et kol haolam laavodatoyit barach leavdo shchem echad. You want to turn the whole world on to serving the Rebbe Shalom. You want to feel that what you're doing and what you're involved in is really, is, is mamish, a domino effect and monumental on a global level. And you, like, a lot of people have these big dreams and aspirations to turn the whole world on. And they believe that they can. But Rabbi Nachman says, how do you know if the gates for that are open? Lefia shalom shabador. In accordance to the peace that's in the generation. Lefi shalom shabador. Those are the, those three, the first three words. Lefi shalom shabador. Let me ask you something. Forget what's happening right now. It's easy to say, wow, there's a tremendous lack of it. Lefi shalom shabador. Is there shalom in our door? You understand the question? Forget about this week. It's easy to go to this and be like, I'm crazy, I'm happy to. What does that mean? This is shalom, meaning zeitgeist, right? It doesn't mean just technical pieces. It's not talking about, uh, 
the 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 accords that we've signed with Jordan and with Egypt, right? I mean, are we? Hashalom Shabbat It's much more than just like non-war. But what do you mean by that? Zeitgeist is the age of the spirit. Literally, it's a word that means like the spirit of the times. Literally. Oh yes, I think so. Yeah. So what 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 is there? Shalom in our door that we're living in. Forget also about Israeli politics. I'm talking about like much more mechuvan to what you're saying. Huh? Woke stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all the shalom. Or the non-shalom, you say. When he says shalom, it's just like he's using that word if it's shalom or non-shalom. Well, okay, so when was the last time there was shalom shabador that you felt there was a strong shalom shabador? Did we ever experience it? I think the last time was when you're young enough to not know. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. My Shalom Shebador was watching Yitzchak Perlman play violin on Sesame Street. <laughs> Turned me on to I was like, wow, this is what the world is about? Abba, I want to learn violin. And that's like, Bemet. Shalom Shebador, mother. Shalom Shebador. And the moment you wake up and you're like, it's not all Sesame Street. It's not all Yitzchak Perlman playing violin, ma. Well, Shalom Shabbador. Maybe the last time was, was like Shlomo HaMelech. I don't, I don't even know. Lo there. No, but maybe it's a different figuratively. Um, Shalom meaning Hashem. It's another one of Hashem's names. So having Hashem's presence in this world is there, but do people have the recognition or the awareness that He is present and bring, and does it permeate each person's existence? But that would mean Shalom. Shalom, no, right, exactly. So that I would, would say, that yes and no, it depends where a person is holding in their reality, but I think that there's much more awareness about the, I mean, like she was saying, spiritual, of a spiritual being that is running the show, even in non-Jews. Like the universe, or there's much more a meditation, uh, no, no. much more um, self-awareness. Self, um, of the oneness of Hashem oneness in of the world. So let's read it again. The fiya shalom shabador, meaning the more of there's a revelation of godliness in the world, then you can draw people closer to serving Hashem and to serve Him together as one people. The only problem with that is that the fiya shalom shabador, if, if God was so present, you wouldn't need to schlep people to try to serve Him. They, it would just be a, a presence that they would be feel close to. But maybe they haven't. There's I think pressure, Shalom... They don't know. Maybe they haven't latched onto that. Could be, could be. Yecholiot, No, no, this is good stuff what you're doing. It's good. Lefiya Shalom Shabador can mean, yeah, it can mean to the extent that Hashem is revealed in the world and people know that God exists, they just don't know that you could also cling to Him, then it's easier to bring people to cling to the Ribbon Maybe awareness. Awareness. We could use those words. Or you could use something else. And you could say like this. I have a lot of beautiful friends that are total apikorsim atheists. Do you guys have that too? Yeah, wonderful people. They're not, I would say they're anshe shalom, not in the, not in the Jew, not in the holy sense, because anshe shalom has got to mean people of God. It's God's name. But they're like, the, the I don't know. What's that? They're peaceful. Peaceful people. They're not, yeah, they really... Their, their moral ethics are, are mamash chazak. So he's saying, as the more that there's peace in the world, with those, you know, generally, you know, on a global level, 
Maybe he's saying those people can also be drawn, you could draw them to a place of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu altogether. No matter what way you look at it, that's not really what's happening in the world or what's been happening in the world for a long time. The Fiyah Shalom Shabbador. So now forget about the world for a second and go back to the avoda of individuals. Through the peace that exists amongst people, Through the peace that exists between people, they converse with each other, and then they're like um, investigating, researching with each other, Huh? Checking each other out. Check, but in a, in a very, very holy way, checking out, like, where are you with this idea? When there is peace, you could actually go to these deep questions of saying, let's, to, let's together try to, like, lechaven, and wonder, what is the purpose of all of this whole world, and why is there such vanity as well? Now, in, our, in the learning we did last week, we were speaking about the story of the Balabait and the Oreach, that the need to have friendships where you could actually talk like that to people in your, in your normal conversations. Yes, how are the kids? This is happening. The community is happening. The schools happen. All these things are true, but do you have people in your life that you could actually get to the place of like, what do you think the tachlis is of this world? And why do you think that it's so hard to call out vanities? Why is it so difficult to call these things out? When you have shalom with someone, you can go to these places. When you don't have shalom with someone, you can't go to these conversations. You may think you have shalom with them. This is like saying, how do you know you really have peace with someone? Like, real peace. Can you identify, can you um, define shalom then? Like, well, he, he just did. He said like this. Yeah. How do you know you have real shalom with someone? Really is it safe enough? Is there trust over there? And there's non-judgmental, and there's um, like this leaning love Linger like that's right there, vulnerability. vulnerability that you can actually speak about these things that may lead to like more heavy emotions, like what's the purpose of this world, what's considered hevel, what's not. The more you have shalom between bnei adam, the more that you can go to these places that you may differ in opinion, but the the blank like the 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 the, the floor beneath you is strong enough that you could have those conversations even if you come to different conclusions. But there's enough shalom between you. It's like today, usually in the world, if you say anything that someone doesn't agree with, there's no shalom between the two of you. But that's insane. God wants us all to agree on the same thing, have the same exact thoughts and opinions. But if there's shalom, if there's love, trust, vulnerability, safe, a safe net, right? Then you can have those kind of conversations without there being a chashash that someone's going to strike a war against you. Which is, happens all the time. Twitter is the greatest example. Mamash. You could have an opinion about something. It's not what you like. This person is out. That means there's no shalom between the two of you. All social media. All social media. It became the platform for proving that there's such, much, there's such less shalom between people in the world. It's, it's scary. I see it all the time. 
I myself experienced it this week in a very intense way. You know, I always justify it by saying, listen, it's a platform. I have, like, Baruch Hashem, hundreds and hundreds of people that I learned with me for years because of these platforms. It's true. I can't deny it. I really do have, like, the reach has been incredible since I started very early realizing that if you just present things nice, catching the eye, what's called eye candy, in a holy way, you hop someone, you get them in, they want to keep, they, they sign up, they subscribe to your YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever it is, and they want sheer after sheer. Time at Esti. <laughs> Daniel Sass, I credit him. He posted one of our videos, right? It was Daniel Sass. He put, when we first moved here, he posted a video of a sheer, and you didn't even know it was an Efrat. Right? You didn't know it was an Efrat, right? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it, but Esti, it doesn't usually happen like that. Meaning, usually, if you listen to Shir, not you, someone listens to Shir, and it's something that that um, someone doesn't agree with you, it becomes the opposite of Baruch Hashem, what other relationships can become. Lefiyah Shalom Shabbador. Again, in the door, in the door. Generally speaking, do people have do people have this place of trust? The lead. The, to be able to speak about these things. Who's with you now? Our door. Who, who are you dealing with now? <clears throat> Putin is in our door. He's in our door. This is our door. What's happening is our door. Our, not, our, not necessarily our age, our door. People were exposed to in our generation. Not social, like take those same social media, uh, internet, um, I mean, we don't even know what's happening in the Ukraine right now if we wouldn't have all of that. <laughs> so, to say something about the door when the eyes we're looking at are, like the glasses that we're putting on are through social media, through internet, through all these but that's actually tainted. But that is our door, meaning what? that's exactly the door. Right, but it's not the essence of the person. No, chas v'shalom. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, so we're not really seeing what's happening. But every door has been like that. Nachon, whenever you've been exposed to anything, so it's the fiha door. Look at me, you talk to the story of, of laughing, crying, so they get to see, feel people's pain. Like, that didn't happen a hundred years ago. We become all day long. Right, but now we, we get it, but it, there's not... More like or fewer wars now than there were two hundred years. Ago. It's just that what we it's just that we that. see them more. Yeah. We see it much more. That's the fihador. Yeah, not less violence or more violence. But the question is like when we say that, like le fiador. Le fiador. I want to know what my my dole is about. What my generation is about. So Hashem, like, I would take all these people and put them away from all the the. Right. So. Because like, that kind of war, sometimes, sometimes, always, especially in Israel, there's like this 
התפוצצות of חסד and עזרה and, and, and people helping each other and donating and... and right. זה יכול להיות, זה יכול להיות, אבל זה לא דבר טוב שאני course. But if, what, if, what if it wasn't Chodesh Adar? <laughs> what if this happened <laughs> in, uh, in, in Cheshvan? No, no, you're not too optimistic. You're not too optimistic. You're very much mechaven l'tachlit shel advarim. Again, to be able to discuss these things like this, you have to have shalom between people. Like if you and I, or if you and someone else in this room didn't feel there was shalom and you would say something like this, You'd be called so many names right now. On social media, not necessarily in front of me. <laughs> no, that's right. It's name. true, it's true. <laughs> They call them Giborea Mikledet. Exactly. The heroes of the keyboard. <laughs> the heroes, the hero, that, no. There's this term, heroes of the keyboard. Maze. Bina always tells me this. Sometimes the texts, I get it, like, it's like, she, you know, oh. Another makil, no one would ever say that to you, exactly. to your face, nakhon? It's like, if that's their mask, that's green, that's green is their mask. If you take away, like all the... Yeah, but who decides, who decides what the door is? Who decides? That's what, that's what I'm trying to figure who, out. No, no, I'm not this, the, I'm living in the door. This is the, what do you mean? I, this is the door. But I, but my perception of what this door is might be different from your perception of what this <clears> door is, you know? It could be, but right now there's a war between Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, that's... It's objective. I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking subjectively about pieces of the puzzle. In my door, there is a war. That we, that's not an opinion. But in your door, there's also tons of people from the West who are flying to Africa and paying for uh, uh, black kids to get their eyesight back. You know, I feel that... But in my... Wait, 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 one second. That's very good. Our, our, And in my door, and in my door, we haven't yet realized that that is just as true as that the fact that there's a, is newsworthy, but that's my door also. You're right. When I say my door... That's already a whole different discussion of who's controlling what. I control, what do you mean? No, but I control. Our news feed. I can control, it's up, that's my Bechira. That's my Bechira, but I live in a door amongst a lot of people that don't live like that, and I don't want to be a Da'at Yachid, so therefore I also join the, you know, this parade of, of choosing what, what my door is like, what it looks like. It's true. I could say the most amazing things in the world that are happening now as well. When it comes to war, I think it's a little bit more difficult to right now think about all the beautiful things that are happening in the world. Because no one's balancing it out for you. 
And there's 200,000 Jews right now that are, well, this is going to sound insane, but they're on the brink of, if they don't get out of there, yesh matzav, that there'll be thousands of Yidin that are losing their lives. So they the don't f- want to get out. Huh? Irrelevant. I'm not, I'm not talking about their ratzon. I'm talking about the reality of my door. The reality of my door is that that couldn't be right now. It's their fault, not their fault. I, I, it's not, that's not my Indian. Yeah? You want to say something, Neely? I thought you had your name. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's, let, let's continue. I want to read again from the beginning. In accordance to the level of peace that exists in every generation, you can draw the whole world to serve the Rebona Shleilam altogether. When there's peace amongst people, you can go into the deeper questions of the world that even if you don't agree on the outcome of what is the purpose of the world, there's still enough love and peace between the two of you to be able to go there. Eventually, these kinds of conversations will lead people to come to the realization that there's nothing left of man in this world, only the only that's left for us in this, after being in this world is what we prepare for us for an eternal world. That's the only thing we're taking with us. You know that, that famous story of Reichman and Sachs? Do you know this story? It's a story he huh? the that he left at Tzava, that Reichman, the famous Reichman, the famous, or with Rothschild, I think it was the same name, Reichman, very famous Jewish philanthropist, very rich guy, he left a whole uh, Tzava, will, that no matter what, he wants to be buried in his socks. <laughs> the, the kids brought it to the Hebra Kadisha and said, listen, this is my father's only will in the Emma And they're like, yeah, but that, that's not going to flow. Like, no, no, this has to happen. This is the only thing he's asking. And they said, listen, he can ask for anything, but no Yid gets buried with anything. With socks, what do you... So they had to go about it, and it's fine. Then a day later, it was brought to them, another letter was prepared, and, and the Reichman said, um, you know, I just wanted to teach you that you can't even take your own socks with you to the next world. Right. <laughs> uh, it's not true, though. I, I, it's a made-up story. I found that afterwards, but it's, nice it's a deep story. Yeah, huh? It's a very nice made-up story. It's a gewalt. Yeah, it's a gewalt tale. That, that's all. That's all you're taking with you to the next. Not even your socks, right? Ki en melavin lo leadam lo kesef velo zahav velo avanim tovod margaliot el Torah umasim tovim bilvad. The only thing that escorts you. That's why you see by big rabbanim. The pain and the tears and the extravagant funerals they have is because this person is actually taking huge amounts of goods with them to the next world. When you think about this and you have shalom between each other and you actually think like this, what's the result of such a, such a conversation? Mashlich kol ish et sheker edilei kaspo 
each person chucks out the lie of the Elilei uh, Kaspo, the money god that you carry within you. <laughs> now, some of us are thinking like, oh, I'm not so rich, I don't have a money god. Every person has a money god. So that, you know, on, on any level that it is, every person has it, right? And you draw yourself to the truth. The result of such conversations will lead people to be able to to throw away, to chuck away anything that stands in the face of that emet, of what are you really taking with you to the next world and what are you actually leaving behind. How many stories have we heard of people that left a lot of money behind, and it created the, the, the largest family milchamas in the world. We hear this all the time. Right now, I'm in the middle of one of these parashiyas where and it's, it's like the siblings stop talking. It's crazy. That's what happens when you leave, leave things back in this world. What you take with you to the next world, obviously we all know, gurnishment, gurnish, not even sucks. What's the kesha to our, to our sicha? When a person comes to that realization that that's all I'm taking with me to the next world, there's a sense of shalom inside of them. You're actually much more peaceful inside of you because you stop running after so many things you've been trying to run after. But how do we create the platform for such realizations to take place? So Rabbi Nachman says, Lefi hashalom shebador, in accordance to what the world perceives as peace. Uh, that's I want to go back to it. In accordance to what the world re- perceives as peace, that's how much you can come to these types of conversations and make some very, very strong and clear c- decisions in life and that, take direction and move forward. But the more that's that, you know, the, 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 the less that that's part of the way that you live your life, the harder it is to really have these types of conversations with people, conversations which lead you to very beautiful and, 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 uh, and holy ideas of what the purpose of life is all about. Now, what, usually a war, what is a war about? Possessions. Possessions. A war is, ex- it's fighting over the exact opposite of this. The exact, generally speaking, a war is generally over this or it's over kavod. Wars are, are rarely about self-liberation or about the need to promote peace in the world or to promote emet in the world. Was there ever a war that came out because it wanted to promote like the, the word of God in the world? Um, we have Rabbi Riskin said an amazing thing. Rabbi Riskin is a very interesting thing. The first week we were, the first few months we were in yeshiva, I was in yeshiva, with Rabbi Riskin, it's about 20 years ago, in Amiftar. Can you imagine that? It was 20 years ago when I, when I moved back here. <laughs> I saw you, I can't believe it. I saw you and David on the street that first few days I was here. Rabbi Riskin, who I was, was under the impression, was much more, um, let's, you know, that, let's just have as much, let's actively pursue peace with Ishmaelim. That's what I thought he was about. He came to the yeshiva and said that in his opinion, today Islam is a vodazara. Why? Because of Molech. 
You know what Molech is? Molech was the Avodazara where you would take your children and makriv them as a korban. And he says, he says, What's, what are you looking at today? Little kids being carried out on pillows with grenades around them? Or parents being so proud that their children are shahidim? And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, have I risked? I thought, I'm like, ma? Are you serious? I thought I was coming, you know, I thought that I would sound like the extremist here, you know? It's like, wow. And over the years, I've had many conversations about risking. One time he called me to his office just to speak about this nikuna, about how we actually have to have a strong Judeo-Christian alliance today in light of the Molech, in light of the Avodah coming from that side, of, from this energy of the world. Unbelievable, right? No, but if you think about it like that, that's like a very creative way of, of really understanding and interpreting. It's like obvious then. Huh? It's like, of course, it's Avodah When you think of it like that, that yeah. When you think of it like that, like Ma'ashel Abichlav, to call your ch- that your child, you aspire for your child to be a shahid, and that's the religious war of today. That's the sheker in it. You call it out right away. You call it out right away. L'fia Shalom Shabador, the war, what, the war today that we're the, right now, as right now, there's missiles being. Dr- you know how large Ukraine is. You ever see a map of Ukraine? Yeah, it's on the side of the building on the Mashiach gas station. Right, right, right. Ukraine is ma- whatever you whatever we think of. It's ma- it's one of the largest in the world. Right, it's largest in Europe. It's massive, and by the way, it borders Poland. It's 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 right there. It's like going in. This could change everything. Bamet, it could change. I mean, anything can change everything. But this war over possessions, over the opposite of tachlis of this world, is, is, is can be a game changer. The fiyah shalom shabadon. What's the shalom in this door? What's my perception of shalom in this door? What's my promotion of what it means to have shalom in this door? It starts, and this is, sounds very cliche, and it sounds very cheesy and corny, but it starts from, look around the room, <clears throat> and can you have a conversation with someone about Tachlis? Where you may come to difference of opinions of the bottom line of Tachlis, but there's enough love to not change your opinion about somebody. That's where it starts. And that is the opposite of what's happening in the world. The heroes of the keyboard have changed. Mama, they're just as dangerous as the people that are going out and, shoot and sending out missiles. That's how I feel. Because I see it every day. I see it every single day. I wanted to write a, fa- a post once, Facebook, the place where nothing happens. <laughs> the, face where, the, the place where your opinion has only aggravated. Like you, Maze, Maze, how many people have lost friendships over these things? Has anyone felt the need to throw their Eloke Kesef, Eloke Zahav because of the way we converse with each other today? But it also pushes us to be like, what kind of relationships do I have with those that I am under the assumption I have Shalom with? What if I told someone something that I knew they wouldn't agree with me at all on a political level or on a religious level? Is there enough love and Shalom between us that that really wouldn't matter? That really wouldn't matter? That's the, that's the greatest, that's the highest.
One time there was a guest here for Shabbos. Came here for the first time. I said something. I don't even remember what the dress was. I have no idea. I don't remember Bichlal. Oh, I remember now. Sorry. The Shabbos Rabbi Sachs was Nifter. <clears throat> the Shabbos after Rabbi Sachs was Nifter. It was the only time I ever quoted Kierkegaard. Not because I have, I'm, I'm, I'm like, with Shita, it's Usr. I just never found context to quote him in Shul. But it was Rabbi Sachs' yard site. And in honor of Rabbi Sachs, I brought an Indian of Kierkegaard who Rabbi Sachs would continuously draw from to show us something deep in Tyra, right? So someone, a visitor, comes up to me after davening. B'Shem Milchemes HaKodesh, right? In the name of Holy War. And my, in front of his son-in-law, ripped me to shreds. <laughs> the son-in-law was so embarrassed. I felt so bad. Such a nice, such a sweet guy. And I'm sure his father-in-law is too. But ripped me to shreds. <clears throat> and what, what I was trying to say to him, I was like, do you think everyone in this room always agrees with stuff that I say? That'd be a very boring shul. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I hope that they know that I love them. And I know they love me, so... I, I could, so there you could actually almost do anything in that, under, in, that, in that context. But you just come right now, you have no idea who I am, this is what you're hearing, it triggers something, therefore there's a war right now between us. I didn't say any of this, uh, the cover to the son-in-law. But that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I, I'm saying, like, even in here, like, I'm sure there's stuff sometimes I say or someone else says that's not exactly, but that's okay. Right? I mean, are we trying to create something else? That's called dictatorship. That's called dictatorship. What's your concept of shalom in your door? Aval. Look at the bottom over here. Aval kshe'en shalom. But when there's no peace, there's no trust, there's no vulnerability, there's no place of safety. Mikol sheken kshe'esh machloket chas v'shalom. Azai en mitvadin yachad zeim I can't talk to you. There's machloket, if there's like a machloket that I know, it's such a machloket that's in the yesod of who we are, overriding shalom between us. There's no, there's no, there's no fabrengen. You can't come to the fabrengen. <clears throat> Why? We don't agree with each other. Yeah, but I, a lot of people here don't agree with each other in other things too. Yeah, but they have shalom between each other, so they can actually sit and fabreng. Your concept of fabrengen is a bunch of people sitting around the table and everyone agrees with everyone, agrees with everyone? That never happened and never will. Shem gave us different brains. We all look different. The Kotzke Rebbe said, it's amazing. Like, no one's ever shocked at the fact that we look different from each other, but everyone's shocked that we think different from each other. <laughs> Bless you. Isn't that an amazing observation? It's like looking at someone and, and, and saying, how could you walk around with that, with that, with that, with that nose? But what's wrong with my nose? It's, do you see this? It's not this nose. It's like, that's basically what we do with opinions. It's, it's mind-blowing. Again, about she'en shalom. We don't have, the, I noticed that we don't have the same nose and it bothers me. Mikol sheken, kshe'esh machloket chas v'shalom, azai en mitvadin yachad zeim zeh. There's no fabrengen going on with each other. Ve'en medaber echad im chavero me'atachlit. And then we can't talk. But the pain is we can't end up talking about what matters in life. Because we're stuck on the differences between us. And I can't then, I can't go to a place of discussing what I really want to talk about, tachlis of this world. 
ואפילו כשמתוועדים יחד לפעמים, או מדברים יחד, and then sometimes we force ourselves, let's go to a room, let's discuss something, let's go to a shir together, אין נכנסים דבריו בלב חברו. The words don't enter the heart. מחמת, ניצחון ומחלוקת ושנאה וקינה. Because I must be victorious. And there's still a machloket between us. And there's sinah, and there's kinah, there's hatred, there's jealousy. Ki machloket v'nitzachon eino sovel ha'emet. Because the need to be victorious through a machloket can't tolerate the midah of emet in the world. It's a very deep teaching. It's based on Kufkaf Bed and Rabbi Nachman. I want to say this line again and then tell you a quick story about this. He says, the need to be victorious through machloket cannot tolerate the midah of emet in the world. Two people came to the Rizhner Rebbe. They had a machloket, a din Torah. One said, this is our machloket. Tell us who's right. And one said, no, I know that I'm, this is the machloket and I know that I'm right. So the, the, the Rizhner paskin what he paskin about the Indian, but then he turned to them and he said, Mashiach's going to come for you, but it won't matter the Mashiach, if Mashiach comes for you. He says, why? Like, who is, who is he saying that to? Mashiach comes to the person who cares more about what the emet is and not that his way is the one that brought Mashiach or not. Like, I mean, uh, but I, I always want to make sure that באמת, and I believe it's true, the פנימיוס דקה, פנימיוס דקה, לבביצ'רס, really don't care who Mashiach is. ממש don't care. It's not, it doesn't matter at all who it is. But I would say that about the Rav Kuknik and, and Breslavers and everyone. Sister Lubavitch speaks most about Mashiach and sometimes speaks about the, the image of Mashiach וכו'. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. מפיתום. He's saying over here, Machloket v'nitzachon, the need to be right, can't, even if you are right, you're not connected to emet. Emet is much higher and deeper than the need to be victorious. And this happens in every conversation. You can win a million conversations and be right, but you're not connected to truth, not connected to emet. It sounds like the shalom is really just within yourself. I mean, I feel like that's the answer to everything, but like, Well, let's see what that means. What if I'm in peace with knowing that I'm right? <laughs> Then it's not truth. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Then it says, I met the shalom, right? Ah, uh-huh. I hear what you're saying. Although the Navi says, Emet ve Shalom, Ehavu, that it has to love each other. Huh? What do you think his, this tire is? Yeah. <laughs> He's driving us there. He's saying, listen, you want to go for minor leagues or major leagues? The major league concepts over here is when they end up loving each other. It has to love each other. So how does Emet ve Shalom love each other in this context? My shalom that I have within myself leads me to a place that I'm, I'm, I'm shalom with what I feel, but I really don't need anyone to think like me. I really don't. So it's between you and Hashem. And yeah, between you and yourself, Nachon. 
And that's how I met the Shalom Me'avu. Was I, was in this year, another me, or the men's shear that I sent out after this shear, a song from Evyatai that is exactly, he has this, I think it was the men's shear. This is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's called Avarachaman. Sounds very, Avinu Avar, it's not that, it's, it's, it's like a typical Evyatai song. And he says there in the middle, he says, Lasot Shalom. He says, that's what, that enables me then to lean into Abba's arms like this is when I don't need anyone to think like me. I just want to make shalom between me and myself. I'll send out that cheer to you, that song to you if you want. It's an amazing deep song because if I have shalom then my concept of emet is really emet. It really is emet. And then emet v'ashalom ehavu. You're right. But as long <coughs> as machloket and nitzachon are what's really leading my emet, it can't, it can't disbol it, emet. Emet can't tolerate this. Nimtza. <coughs> Second to bottom line, sorry. She'ikar hitrachkut ma'ashemit barach shal rov b'nei adam. It seems that the distancing that most people experience from Hashem the bottom line is the fact that you see so many people that are far from God it's nothing to do with God it's not a God problem it's not that they, it's not that they were sitting there debating and, and, and wondering is it true or is it not true oh I'll be far from God he says really the, the, the reason that machloket, the reason that there's so many this so much distancing from a God consciousness world is because Hashem created the world. If God created the world, how could there be such distrust amongst people? That's what drives me away from the thought that God is running the world. If people represent God, when God has the worst PR in the world, right? If people represent God and the way they treat each other is especially in the name of God, is showing us a machloket, then it, then maybe, maybe, chas v'shalom, God doesn't exist. God, figuratively speaking, right? Do you understand what he did at the end of the year? Is it, it's not so clear? I'm going to say it again. Usually we think people that left Yiddishkeit is because they didn't believe it was the right way of serving God, or she'en lem koach. He's saying, la'efech, <coughs> Most people that are interested in God see how people that are supposedly walking the ways of God are dealing with each other, and they're like, "If that's God, is not for me." In the in the early seventies, there was an article that came out of the paper discussing how um, why I think it said seventy eight percent of the youth of today is not interested uh, in, 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 in the synagogue. Look how sad it is. Actually, Rav Shlomo Karlach wrote a letter to that paper and he said, I want to explain to you why 78% of the youth is not interested in the synagogue. It's because of the synagogue. Meaning, because they're interested in God. <laughs> I tell a crazy story. Always. Okay, so in Alabama, I'm in the Mystic Market and I guess the people who are there are the residents and Somebody comes out after me and says, I used to be Jewish. You have to actually have a reality TV show about being whatever. It's a random one who reality TV show. She said, oh, okay, what happened? It was, 
somebody died when I was younger, and I did not like the, the reaction. I have like the rabbis, the people are Orthodox, so it was a very bad response. She didn't feel like God was in her life. She wanted to be God, and then she became Catholic because like there she didn't personally her and the father had a relationship. Like I was in tears. I was like, we failed you because we showed you you learned. Of course, the Abba and Torah is so much stronger than the, especially the Catholic or Christian church. Um, but she was there. Is it was too late. And she was sincere. Mm-hmm. But she was very sincere. Yeah. And I was like I and I was like I'm so sorry that we failed you. <clears throat> That's a heavy... Mm-hmm. It was a very... That's a real moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a parking lot of the public grocery store. That's amazing that you took responsibility for it. Yeah, instead of... Yeah, insta- she, she right. Yeah. The insecure yeah. Jew hears that. And how do they respond? It's not our fault. Because you had a bad rabbi. Yeah, it's like yeah. they weren't orthodox. Right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah, you weren't from... You were going to conservative shul or something, right? Yeah, but that's... It wasn't like that. <laughs> <sighs> now this happens in... Um, Happens all mamash. It's classic. It's an unfortunately a classic story. But this last line I think is key, and it really is. It does exemplify. It's exemplified in the story that you said. The fact that there's such a distance from many people from God. It's because of machloket. It's because of war over possession. It's because of war over so many things that is are, is not worth fighting over. And if man is representation of God in this world, and I'm looking for God, and I see that God people care more about agreeing, that you have to agree with them, other than what's the emet? Is there space to discuss emet? We understand the shortage of war in the world, the shortage of it, the root of it. So, you know, this piece is it's a very chazak piece. It's a very, very, very deep piece. This is, by the way, one paragraph of a very long teaching in Likuti Maran Chavzayin, where Rabbi Nachman takes this concept and develops it in the way that only he can, taking us through a stroll through all the Torah, Torah Nabim Ksuvim, the Gemara, the Zohar, the Midrashim, the Shulchan Aruch, like he always does, and shows you at the end how to bring a place that Shalom is the winner, the real Shalom is the winner, and the the Fia Shalom Shabador is something that we can we can we can actually change the version and the interpretation of what shalom means in our door. And it starts from what's your what are your coffee what are your coffee outings like? It starts from there. It really it what kind of milk you put in your coffee? What kind of milk? You use milk? Are you crazy? What are you doing to you see it's like it goes there already, right? You you eat you give your kid sugar? Just 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 chill. Like, said, I love you. We love you. Kol tov. There's love. Now let's talk about things that actually matter. You're putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation that, let's say, being on Twitter, where if you're a person of shalom, and you're surrounded by people who might not be, then... Many would say that's called a shor muad. you know what that means? Shor muad is a halachic concept where it says where you have a bull... That is muad lepuranut. That means it's 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 destined to do damage. So there's a lot of halachic ramifications for domestic for animals that you agree that you, it's your achrat. You say I'm having them, but they're muad. They're basically destined to cause damage in the world. Some would say that's the status of any person that goes onto <laughs> onto these platforms. Like, what are you exactly looking for? It's like I'm 
serious selfish in a way, meaning to, to do what you do, like they putting yourself out there on Twitter, you're knowing that your words could be completely misconstrued, yeah. and that it's like, but still, if I know that I could reach, you know, another person, it's like... Well, I'll tell you, right, I'll tell you what I, what's, what's been cool. Sometimes I do this when I have enough koyach. When someone says something really nasty, and then I like their comment, like they say that, and then I like them, they're like, what? Yeah, that's the best. doesn't happen all the time, but... <laughs> all right. Shekoyach, everyone. Thank you for coming. Besorot tovot.